Welcome to Unspoken, the podcast that highlights experiences that are all too common but very rarely discussed. I am Dr. Cloda Campbell, the wellness psychologist, and I feel very passionately about speaking the unspoken to remove the taboo and shame that so often surrounds our experiences and internal worlds. For each episode of Unspoken, I am joined by someone who would like to uncover their unspoken with us in order to help themselves, but also in order to help others. I really hope that you enjoy today's episode and that you take something from it. Today's podcast is very kindly sponsored by Oh Lovely. Oh Lovely is a beautiful Irish company built on belief, the belief that you can be anything and everything you wish to be. All Oh Lovely candles and diffusers contain crystals and gemstones to increase energy and to power your beliefs. So whether you're taking some well-earned me time, pausing to reflect and reconnect, or sending positive thoughts to loved ones, Oh Lovely positive affirmation candles make the perfect gift. Oh Lovely have very kindly offered Unspoken listeners 20% off site-wide when using code UNSPOKEN. Today, we are going to talk about estrangement something that is all too prevalent in Ireland, but very rarely discussed. I am very grateful to be joined today by Anna, who has kindly agreed to share her story with us. Anna has been estranged from her mother for the last number of years. And today Anna will speak to me about her difficult childhood and the impact it had on her, making the decision to end her relationship with her mother and the impact estrangement has had on her life and how she feels about herself. Anna, welcome to Unspoken. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining me today, for being here. I'd love to start by you taking us back to what life was like for you growing up. So growing up, I suppose, we I never knew what kind of a mom I was going to get every day I woke up. There was um, extremes of every emotion. So she was either extremely happy, extremely sad, extremely angry. Um, so yeah, it was difficult, obviously, as a child to try to figure out what kind of mood your mother was going to be in every day. Um, she would have been very controlling. So I was not allowed to do a lot of things for myself. I wasn't allowed to kind of foster my own independence, whether that was simple chores at home or even leaving the house. Um, I suppose my mum would have had, as I said, explosive aggression. Um, on numerous occasions throughout my childhood and unfortunately I would have been a witness to domestic violence um, which would have been from my mom to my dad. Um, now of course all these new terms um, it makes it easier to understand what was going on but um, narcissism is something that I didn't discover until a couple of years ago but when I discovered it, it was like the biggest light bulb moment of my life. And um, that's when I realized that my mom was a narcissist um, and just her traits and behaviors. So like she would have never respected boundaries. And um, even as an adult for me trying to put those boundaries in place to protect myself, they were never respected. Um, she always would have had a lack of empathy for anything that was going on whether it was for me, my sibling, my dad. Um, it was like she was always in competition for attention. Um, so even if one of us were ill, she always would do something, cause some kind of drama 
to get the focus back on her. Um, she would have been um, a compulsive liar, still is. Um, just very manipulative in her behaviours and manipulative in trying to pit both my sibling and myself against each other. So telling us, telling me that my sibling would have said X, Y and Z about me, which would never have happened, would, would cause obviously distance then between me and my sibling. Um, and the same with our dad. Well, that sounds incredibly difficult to grow up in that environment. And I'm imagining you as a little girl and the uncertainty that must have surrounded your life, you know, with all of that going on and the emotions and oh, it sounds incredibly difficult. Yeah, it really was. Um, and I suppose I kind of always felt like I didn't have a safe person to go to. And I always feel like every child should have a safe person to go to. And even though my dad was great, he wasn't um, the best at dealing with situations like this and dealing with emotions. But yeah, I kind of felt like if something was going on for me, even if I'd had a hard day in school or something like that, I was nearly afraid to tell my mom about it for fear of her reaction. Um, she would have been very negative um, about other people. So if I felt like if I had an issue in school that I couldn't tell my mom because it would result in her picking up the phone straight away and causing a drama, causing a row. Um, so yeah, it was very difficult. And then obviously, the other part of it was she's an alcoholic as well. So any events like communions, birthday parties, things like that, you were always on edge. Um, so even as a child, looking back now, I can see I suffer from huge amounts of anxiety. Um, and that um, came through physically, mentally, emotionally in every way. Um, so yeah, it was very, very difficult as a child to try and to manage her emotions. Mm, I can imagine. And you know, so much is coming to me as I listen to your story and I'm thinking about how your relationship with other people, you know, how you felt safety in relationships, if you ever did feel safety in relationships, whether you felt like you could trust people, that anxiety that you mentioned. And I'm also wondering about your self-worth and how you felt about yourself whilst dealing with all of that. Yeah, and definitely I think it's something that comes with hindsight. Obviously, as a child, you're going through this and you just think, I thought this is how every family was. I thought this was normal. Um, and because of that, I never spoke about it. I never told any of my friends growing up that this kind of stuff happened in my home. Um, and it really did take until my 20s that I started to admit that these things had happened to me. Um, but yeah, definitely in relationships and especially I found more so in friendships, it really impacted on me. Um, that lack of trust, the lack of self-worth, always feeling like I had to go the extra mile to kind of win somebody's affection and attention nearly. Um, and that's very hard. And also then there was obviously if something was going on for me at home, I became very shy, very withdrawn, very into myself. Um, and that then had huge negative impacts on my friendships, especially as a teenager. Um, and then, yeah, in later life, in romantic relationships, um, it definitely played a huge factor in it. Um, again, not so much around trust, but around self-worth and um, confidence. And as I said, I, I kind of tend to revert back into myself. And even still, when something goes wrong, I tend to go back to that childlike state of those feelings that I had when my mother was um, 
was in full flight as I would say and I kind of revert back to that period of time Mm, that makes a lot of sense and I'm just thinking you know of my little girls Mm. I I mean so much to them and they look to me for so much and I'm wondering you know what it was like for you when you were looking for someone to support you or for someone to tell you everything would be okay and it wasn't yeah I imagine that that was incredibly painful and that's yeah. something that you've carried with you yeah, the whole way through your life. And it's still something like even when I'm sti- I'm sick now as an adult, I still always crave that kind of motherly image that you have that will mind you and rub your head and tell you everything's going to be okay. I did have that to a certain degree, but it was still, it wasn't coming from a place of love, like proper motherly love if you get me it was coming from a place of this is getting me attention and um things like that so yeah it is it's still difficult to try and manage my feelings and um a lot of situations would trigger me um into how I felt as a child yeah even when you're speaking I can see an image of you as a little girl in my mind as I'm looking at you and I imagine that that little girl must have felt so scared and so sad and so alone throughout all of those experiences. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like I lived my whole childhood in a state of fear and anxiety. Um, and as I said, because alcohol was a factor, the evening times and night times would always be when I would get most anxious and most worried about what was going to happen, especially at weekends and like, as I said, events so Christmas and things like that. So there was always a weight hanging over me um, and a heaviness to any celebrations that all my other friends would be excited to go home for Christmas holidays. And I would always have this sense of dread about what was going to happen. Wow. That makes me feel really sad for you know that little girl that I'm picturing and, and for you, the woman that sits in front of me. Mm-hmm. You said earlier that you just thought this was normal, you know, living in this situation you thought was something that most other girls your age experienced Mm. when did you have that realization that this that it wasn't normal definitely I think um in secondary school um and again going to friends houses and seeing how other family dynamics happened um kind of always played my mind oh my family isn't like this and I wish my family was more like that but definitely um as a teenager things kind of came more to a head um and there was a couple of um very upsetting and violent in um, situations that happened when I was a teenager and that's when I really realized this isn't normal I shouldn't be afraid in my own home I shouldn't be afraid of my mum and her reactions and feel like I'm walking on eggshells all the time with her um but I suppose for me the biggest issue in relationships and with friends was I was afraid I was ashamed um, I was ashamed to admit this is the kind of mom I had. This was what I was going home to, that these things were happening in my home. I was afraid. I mean, we all grow up hearing about like social work getting involved with families and things like that. So looking back 100%, I should have, I wish I had raised alarm bells with a teacher or somebody or told a friend to try and get more support, um, but I didn't. I felt fearful for somebody like that getting involved and what the um, consequences of that might be. So yeah, it was definitely when I was a teenager and kind of just that sense of more knowledge of um, this isn't normal. This isn't the way that I should grow up. Mm. 
And I hear as you speak, you know, you're saying it yourself, that shame that you held when you weren't doing anything wrong and it was the situation that you found yourself in and, yeah. you know, the difficulties that your mom was experiencing, but you really took them on and you personalised that to be about you when, mm. you know, it wasn't. Yeah. And it's something I still look to a few years ago. Um, like my reasoning for never speaking about the situation or even telling any of my close friends that this was going on was a sense of shame. Um, and it took a lot of me going to therapy to work through that and to realize that it's not my shame to own, mm. um, that I can't control how my mom is or how she behaves, that we're all only responsible for how we behave and mm. what we can control. And as I said, um, a lot of therapy helped me to get to that, that um, place and time that I don't feel that same level of shame. But in saying that, I still do feel a certain level of shame when it comes to the relationship that I have with my mum. And I think it is something I'm always going to carry with me. It it sounds like you hold a level of responsibility for not asking for help, even though you were such a young child at the time. Yeah, um, I suppose I would always see myself as a people pleaser in a sense. Um, And especially when it came to my parents, I kind of always both physically and emotionally put myself in the middle to try and be a buffer for any anger or um, issues that were going on at home. So whether that was a f- like a physical fight and physically putting myself, a child, like into the middle between them to try and get them to realise, oh, there's a child here, we have to stop. Mm. It never happened. but um, And it was the same when it came to like emotionally as I said, my mum was very manipulative. So when she would be trying to pit me against my dad, I would be trying to be the the middleman. I was really trying to be the middleman and trying to make peace on both sides to bring them back together and to help ease the reconciliation after a big row. Um, and I always kind of saw that as my responsibility to do, that if there had been a row between them, it was my job to fix it and whether that was trying to jolly them along and or else come home and say like I remember in primary school winning art competitions and things like that or at sports days and just trying to get them to come together over me um but yeah that that definitely filtered on then into later life and trying to steer my mum to getting professional help um, trying to get her to access counselling, to go to the GP. Um, but again, through therapy, I learned I can't do that and she would have to do that for herself. That's so much responsibility for you to take on. And, and as you say, it's filtered through with you. Even now, it sounds like you find yourself looking for the responsibility that you can take on or what you can do to fix or to people, please. It's almost as if you couldn't just be couldn't just be a child you couldn't just be Anna you know that sounds incredibly difficult yeah 100% it was it was a role that I saw that I took on by being in this family that um I would have to be the peacekeeper um and try to keep the peace at all costs and that costs at a lot of time was my own security my own happiness um and yeah, definitely, as I said, it, that has filtered on. So yeah, it, it left very little between that and then the constant anxiety. It left very little t- time to be a child. Um, 
and to be a carefree child. It's a, it's a saying that I, I didn't ever resonate with being a carefree child because I always had cares and always had worries. So no wonder you felt anxious with all of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I suppose, again, it comes with hindsight. When you're in that moment and in the experience, you just live it. It's your life. You know no better. But as you get older and you see how families, other family dynamics are and how families interact with each other, you kind of realize, oh, so that's not the way that every family is. And every daughter doesn't have a fear of going to their mom to ask questions and things like that. And especially, I think, as a teenager, when it comes to relationships and sex and things like that, um, I would have found that it was never spoken about in my home. And even if something like that came up and I would have been in my early 20s, even at this stage, but there would have been a lot of shame projected onto me from my mum around sex. Um, And obviously now I know that was her own issues. Um, But yeah, with with age comes hindsight, definitely. It's like uh, in every American movie, you see the the daughter sitting down with her mum talking about periods and sex and relationships Mm -hmm. and it sounds like you never had any guidance in any of that and that that really impacted you and yeah I wonder you know as you were going through all of those firsts what that was like to do it alone yeah and it was very difficult and I suppose thinking back and that was before the days of internet and things like that but I would have relied a lot on like magazines and and books and things like that to try and um gain that information that I was I was looking for um but yeah it was never a case of open communication in our house even around the only person whose feelings mattered in our house was my mum um anybody else's feelings and emotions had to be pushed to one side um it was all about keeping mum happy and keeping her in a good mood and in a good place mm-hmm. so when it came to emotions and feelings and especially as a teenager like you obviously have a lot going on for you um but yeah i had to kind of suppress that a lot of the time You've said already that your relationships are really impacted by all of this. And of course, you know, I can totally imagine why. Mm. How were your relationships for you as you were developing, as you were getting a bit older? Yeah. So my relationships kind of would have been very stifled by my own experiences. And even as a teenager, I would have suffered hugely with mental health. Um, And that, of course, had a huge impact with my friendships because I would have become very withdrawn and with other teenagers it's obviously very difficult for them to understand when somebody's going through that i mean we're talking a good few years ago here where mental health wasn't as spoken about as it is nowadays um so for a 15 or 16 year old girl to suddenly shut off from her friends it was um it was unusual um and definitely now as i say looking back as an adult there was lots of red flags there um but i didn't i felt like i was never close enough to anybody for those red flags to be picked up on if you think back to the time where you struggled the most with your mental health, what was that like for you, that period? Um, very dark, very isolating. Um, I literally felt so alone in the world that I didn't have a parent that I felt I could turn to. Um, I didn't feel like I had friends that would understand. Um, I remember it was when I was 16, so on top of everything going on at home obviously you have hormones and changing dynamics in school and things like that um so yeah it was extremely tough how did you get through that time 
Um, I don't know. I think it was sheer perseverance. Um, I kind of saw no other options. But for a lot of my life, I buried things. I was very good at burying and putting on a smiley, happy face to the world until the burying could, I couldn't bury anymore. I ran out of space. And that would have happened um, later on in life when I was kind of in my late 20s. And obviously all those emotions and feelings that I had suppressed for so long came bubbling out more like an eruption than a bubble. I suppose it all just came to a head and I had what I can only describe as a nervous breakdown. Um, Like, as I said, I would have been very easygoing. I'm a very happy-go-lucky kind of person. So it just, my dad had passed away um, a few years previously, suddenly and um, unexpectedly. And I suppose the the trouble with my mum being the kind of personality that she is myself and my si- my sibling weren't allowed to deal with our own grief because the focus had to be on her and keeping her okay so by not working through the grief from my dad passing away and then just the accumulation of years of trauma um, it all just came to a head and it really buckled me I just couldn't function it literally got to the stage I could not get out of bed I couldn't function. I couldn't. My thought processes were very dark um, and it was like I had no control over my thoughts. Um, so that's when I kind of realized now is the time to get help. And that's when I started um, accessing therapy and it changed my life and it saved me. Definitely. Even just being so open about that period in your life, you know, I'm sure there are people listening who will feel less alone in their own experience from hearing your words. Thank you for being so honest. It's yeah. really brave to to say that to us. Yeah, and I think like the reason I say it is because I felt so alone. Yeah. And for me, not speaking about the issues I'd had growing up in my home led me to feel even more isolated than if it was kind of a more, in my head it's nothing but a more accepted problem if that makes sense um i feel like especially in ireland there's this myth about the perfect irish mammy um and when you don't have that you go you feel like you're different and you don't fit in so that extra layer of isolation i felt made it very difficult to, to work through any mental health issues um and that's really why i want to speak out and whether you're a teenager or a grown woman that has a similar experience, just know that you're not alone, that this is actually a lot more common than we realize. It's just, it's one area of life that isn't that spoken about. It absolutely isn't. And I think whether it's related to their mom or their friend or a sibling, there are people listening to your words that are really taking comfort from it. that there are people listening who feel as I said less alone just because you've been so brave to to speak about this what happened to what happened that led to you ultimately you know becoming estranged from each other yeah so um as I mentioned my dad had passed away and her behavior had just grown increasingly erratic and very very aggressive um And just the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back was I had become a mother myself for the first time. And I suppose having a child of my own, I wanted to protect my little bubble, 
So my child, my husband, and my relationship with my mum was causing so much negativity, so much toxicity that it was having a huge impact, obviously, on my own little bubble. Um, and it just made me realise that I have control over my bubble. I have control over my life and my child's life. And I didn't want my child to experience 1% of what I had experienced growing up. So um, I just made the decision that enough was enough. This cycle of a drama, apologies, uh, going back to square one, it had to be broken. Um, And I didn't know whether I was breaking the cycle for a week, a month, how long. But I just had, knew I had to do it, so I did it, and um, it was extremely tough. And it still is extremely tough. But as time goes by, I know I've made the right decision for me and for my little family. Um, and I think the longer that goes by, the more I realise that that it was the correct decision for me. Wow, that's very powerful to hear. You speak those words and I can't help but think that so often we we do something for our children, don't we? Yeah. That we can't do for ourselves yeah. or we can't consider for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And it was like as being a mother, I finally realized that the love that I give my children and the love that I got from my mom are two very different things. Um, my love of my children is unconditional, whereas the love I received from my mom was very conditional and it was always on her terms. And being a mother has made me realize what kind of a life I want to give my children and that I don't want them exposed to any of the negativity that I was exposed to growing up. It's not fair. And I had the control to determine that for them. And as their primary caregiver, I see it as my job to keep them safe. And unfortunately, I know that if they had a relationship with my mother, that I will be putting that safety at risk, whether it's their emotional safety or or even physical safety. So for me, it was a no brainer in a way. As you were speaking there, I was thinking back to the term you used earlier, the perfect mommy, the -hmm. perfect mom. What's it like for you that you sadly didn't have that in your life? Yeah, and I suppose the Irish mommy, it's always a comical reference. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately for somebody who has a poor relationship with their mom, it's far from comedy. And it's actually very traumatic. And like the Irish mammy is the stereotypical, like loving, always doing their best for their family, like leaving themselves last, putting everybody else in the family first. And unfortunately, it was nearly the complete opposite in my home. Um, I suppose now I can say that love isn't formed because of genetics. It's the day to day. It's the little moments that you build up over a lifetime. And um, that's where love blossoms and unfortunately while I did have lots of moments that were pleasant and good with my mum the bad outweighed the good um 
so yeah it is it's it's very tough to to um and i think as well in irish culture like i think it's way more accepting if a child is estranged from their dad than their mom and i don't know why that is but I feel like it's a lot more common to hear of a child, an adult child, or even a young child being estranged from their dad for whatever reason, whereas it's far less common, or maybe it's just far less spoken about when a child is estranged from their mum. So again, that's another layer to add on top, and I think that's where some of the shame feelings come into it, because you feel like you're going against the grain, that this isn't isn't normal in Ireland, but it's a lot more normal, I think, than we realise. Absolutely. And I hear people speak about it all the time in the therapy room with me. But it's another thing to speak about it, you know, openly and with the people around you. As you were talking there, I was wondering if there was a time or a place where you thought, you know, what's wrong with me? You know, again, attributing it to you and your worth because you said that you've struggled with that for a long time. Yeah. I mean, growing up as a child, you think, there's something wrong with me that I'm making I'm making my mommy and daddy unhappy am I not good enough am I not being well behaved enough um I mean the slightest little thing that I did as a child would have triggered a massive explosion at home um and that kind of led into then teenage years the same that trying to be on your best behavior all the time and never really getting to know who you are as a person because it feels like you're living you're playing a role in a family and I definitely see that now I feel like only since I've become a mother myself that I'm finally learning who I am and that I don't feel like I have to play this role of peacekeeper or minder anymore um that I can just learn who I am and who I want to be that's really beautiful to hear you say that that you're blossoming now that you feel Mm. safe enough in yourself and in your life to to be the true Anna now that's really really beautiful if you could go back in time and impart advice on that little girl or on that teenager or that woman in her 20s and what would you say um I suppose the main thing that sticks out in my head is um you don't need to dislike or hate everything about your mum to come to the conclusion that your life would be better off with her not in it and of course as I said there were loving moments in our home and it wasn't all bad but unfortunately as time went on and the older she got and the older I got it just came to a head and I realized that I didn't have to put up with this anymore And I think the eye-opening thing is that if it was a partner in a romantic relationship treating you this way, you wouldn't put up with it as easily as you would when it's your mum. And I think your friends wouldn't tell you to put up with it. They might be the first to tell you you need to leave. Um, And sometimes you have to put yourself in the position of talking to yourself as you would a friend and saying that it's okay to not accept this behaviour anymore. You don't deserve to be treated like this just because you are somebody's daughter it doesn't mean that you have to be their caregiver their minder their counselor nearly it's not your job to to meet their emotional needs 100% of the time um and i think once you actually admit to yourself the truth of what your relationship with your mom is 
it's when you can finally start to heal a little bit from it. Um, There'll be people listening who are in that situation, whether it be with their mom or a friend or a partner. You know, what gave you the strength to, to finally make that change in your life? As I said, a lot of therapy really helped. Um, and it was something that I was very closed off to for a long time. And I kind of felt like you're talking can't help. What, what difference will it make me going and talking about my problems to somebody? But for me, it was um, not so much talking about the problems, but being given the skills to help me figure things out a bit better myself. So things like cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I would have had a lot of issues with negative thoughts and um, intrusive thoughts. And especially around my mom that, oh, but what if I if I break contact with her, what will happen to her and all the negative outcomes that could possibly happen to her? And I never really looked at the positive outcomes that could happen for me. Um, so it was a it was like a switch just went off and I realized I have to stop thinking about the what ifs when it comes to her. I think about the amazing what ifs when it comes to me and my little family. Um, I suppose lots of people like I know for me I spent my whole life waiting on my mum to have an epiphany and to say sorry for this life that um she had given me and it never came and I think I had a lot of work around accepting that it never was going to come and that was a big part of it is waiting for an apology you know you're never going to get um that is a difficult thing and that's probably one of the lingering feelings around estrangement um that's really common I hear that all the time with people you know holding out hope that something might change yeah especially when as little girls or little boys we aren't treated the way that we wish we were Mm. that fantasy that it it will change and that you know the person will come back and do things differently it's so hard to accept yeah and for me I felt like I had two issues. I was trying to deal with the mom I have and trying to come to terms with the way she is. But then on the other side, I'm, I'm mourning the mom that I never had. Um, and even though I know that my mom can't ever be the mom I want, it's like I'm mourning two different people, if that makes sense. Um, and I actually found it harder to deal with the loss of a mom I was never going to have. Um, and especially now when I have my own children and seeing my friends who have their own children and how involved their own mothers are as, as grandmothers and um, through pregnancies and like when the babies are small, all the help that they have on top. And it's very difficult to not have that. But there's lots of people that don't have that for lots of reasons. And I think you just have to accept that and try not to dwell on it and look at the positives that you do have. Um, like I have an amazing supportive husband I have great friends and a sibling that is amazing so you just have to that's life and you have to take the good with the bad I know people listening will will be saying to themselves how did she do that how did she accept that how did she come to this place do you have any words of wisdom for them um I think when you reach a certain certain age, you know that happiness is your own making and it's your own doing. And you have to kind of step back and take a look at your life and see what's causing the negativity. 
what is bringing you down. And if it's the same person or thing all the time, imagine what your life would be like if that person or thing was suddenly gone. How would you imagine your life then? And if you can imagine a far more positive, more optimistic, more loving life, I think that's when you realize something has to change. And as I said, it is extremely difficult. And it's like being on a roller coaster. Your emotions will go up and down and they'll change day to day. And obviously there will be certain things like Mother's Day and birthdays and Christmases when they're very family orientated days that will sting a little bit more. But all in all, if you can say that you have a happier life without somebody in it, that's what you need to go with. Wow, you sound so strong when you say that. And I have so much admiration for you. What's it like speaking about it today, Anna? Um, parts are hard. Parts of it, um, some of it is very hard to still admit to myself. Um, and as I said, that sense of shame, a certain level of it never goes away. But on the other side, it's actually, it's very liberating to finally speak and to speak in a safe place about what led to me being estranged from my mum because it's not something that as I said it's not something that I talk about often and even when I do talk about it I kind of would just say something and then move on from that so to actually get really into the whys around estrangement is is really good and I really hope that it can help somebody else out there that is experiencing something similar whether it's somebody who has a negative relationship with the parent or is somebody who is estranged or just thinking about how their life might be so much better not having a certain parent involved. Um, I just hope that, I hope I'm giving them hope really to know that there is life after estrangement and you can make your own happiness and make your own like create your own little family bubble that is safe and pure and free from negativity and free from drama and at the end of the day life is very short we need to make it the best life that we can and do it the best way you know how that is very inspiring and again I can see your strength really shining through when you say those words thank you so much for sharing them with us and for speaking your unspoken You know, as you were speaking and as I was thinking about the people listening to your words, I was thinking of the advice that I would share with my clients, you know, when I'm in the therapist chair. And the first thing that really comes to mind is that estrangement is incredibly difficult for everyone involved, you know, whether it's a decision that the person made or if it's something that, you know, it's out of their hands, it's incredibly difficult so many emotions can come up and just listening to your story you know I heard threads of sadness anger fear and I think like you said too there were times where you pushed it down you pushed down the emotion because you needed to survive you needed to get through the dark days but you also said that there was a time that came that you were so full of emotion that you had no room to continue pushing it down anymore and for the people listening that feel that way you know, I really hope that you can start to acknowledge and sit with that emotion, that you can share it, whether with yourself, through writing it down, 
talking about it, thinking about it, talking to loved ones, talking in therapy like Anna has shared was such a positive experience for her. But getting it off your chest when you feel that the time is right because you can't carry it like Anna said, it will eventually explode. And I think people ask all the time, how do we get towards acceptance? How do we get towards letting go? And a really big part of that as a psychologist, my belief is it's talking about it, thinking about it, sitting with it and allowing yourself to work through those really difficult emotions that of course are present and that of course are valid too. A lot of times people will sit with me in the therapy room and they will ask, you know, is it normal that I feel this way? Is it normal that I'm struggling? And of course it is. Everything you feel is valid. You're feeling this way for a, a reason. The other thing I would say is to really look for support while you're going through an experience like this. It sounds like therapy was really supportive for you. You mentioned your husband, you mentioned those friends that you trust. Mm. To really look for that support and to to look after yourself in it too. It can be very easy to judge ourselves when we're in these situations. You know, Anna, you said that you're wondering at times, is it because of me? Am I not a good enough girl? Am I not a good enough daughter? to really look after yourself and to be compassionate and kind towards yourself when you're navigating this. I'm sure as you listened to Anna's words, you felt compassion and care and understanding for her experience, her journey. And I'd really love if you could consider offering yourself that same love and care and support because it's incredibly difficult and life can feel really hard sometimes. But when it feels tough, just remember, like Anna shared, she was tough too, and so are you, and you will get through this. Just to be kind and gentle with yourself as that happens, and as you navigate it. The last thing I would say to to those listening, if they find themselves in a similar situation, is you have to check in and ask yourself how you're doing. To check in and ask yourself what you need. And it sounds like in your relationships, there wasn't room for you to check in and ask yourself what your needs were, mm. that you put everyone else's needs before your own. And then becoming a mother helped you to think about your needs and the needs of your family. So for those listening to check in and consider what are my needs? You know, if there's a yearning in you to work on your relationship, mediation can be a fantastic support with somebody who's trained and who's familiar with this situation, with this uh, work. Or like Anna has spoken about, she knew in her heart that this was what she needed to do to be happy and to protect herself and to protect her family. You know, if that's what feels right for you to own that and to work like Anna has done towards acceptance and acceptance is possible through sitting with your emotions, through releasing them, through protecting yourself, looking after yourself, putting yourself first. Moving on is possible, acceptance is possible. And I wish that you listening can get to a place of acceptance like Anna has. She's fought to be where she is and she sounds like an incredible woman. Anna sitting with you has been really inspiring. You sound so strong, so full of courage and you sound like an incredible mum to your children. Thank you. You're so lucky to have you. Sounds like your experience has shaped you but the woman that you are is incredible. I'm so thankful that you felt brave enough to share your experience with us. You felt brave enough to speak the unspoken. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to Unspoken with me, Dr. Clodagh Campbell, the wellness psychologist. 
be sure to like, subscribe and follow me at The Wellness Psychologist on Instagram if you would like to hear more. If you identified with this topic, make sure to check out the show notes where I have listed related resources for you. I hope you find them beneficial.